welcome to Some Good Tea, where we drink some tea and we share some tea. I'm your host, Katie, and today I'm sharing some tea with my friend, Cameron. Say hi, Cameron. Hi, Cameron. Oh, wait, that's me. Yeah, that's you. <laughs> um, today we are having some tea by Numi. Um, this is their chocolate rubos tea. Um, Cameron, he's one of my friends that doesn't regularly drink tea. Uh, and so when I was talking to him and trying to figure out like, oh, what, what tea should we try? He specifically asked for something with chocolate. Um, so I got the most chocolate tea that I feel like there is. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what we're going to be enjoying today. And our topic is one I've been really looking forward to. Um, it's Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, so as per usual, we're going to have, uh, 20 questions. We're going to be rolling our 20 sided dice and we'll see what what fun things we can talk about this very nerdy game. You think you're ready, Cameron? Oh, I've been waiting for this my entire life. <laughs> You've been preparing, <laughs> preparing your whole life for specific yeah, yeah, that, that's what that's what I meant. Yeah, mm-hmm. just my podcast, nothing else. That's nope. all that. Matters. Nope, um, that's all that matters. <laughs> clearly, well. Uh, would you like to roll the dice first? Oh, yes. Here we go. It Uh-oh. is a five. Five. Ooh. This is great, actually. This is perfect. Um, so your question is, do you listen to any Dungeons & Dragons podcasts, shows, etc.? If so, which do you like the best and why? Oh, boy. I know. Um, I listen to several, but only one or two of them consistently. And when I say listen, I mean watch slash listen, um, depending on where I'm at at the moment. But Critical Role and Dimension 20 are the only two I really consistently listen to. Yeah, yeah. Um. I can definitely back that up myself. I feel like I more frequently watch them as both of those, for those who don't know, both of them have uh, uh, watchable options like on YouTube or through other streaming services. Um, And so I, I most often will watch them because I like to see the expression on the players faces and things like that. Um, Do you, do you prefer one over the other or not really? Probably. I think, it depends on the day really if i'm looking for a whole bunch of chaos i usually go dimension 20 if i'm looking for a an established steady comfortable campaign then i go critical role critical role is kind of the first one that i got into back not when it started but soon after it started i think i picked up when they were on episode 80 or 90 of their campaign one so it was a ways in, but a ways ago. Um, yeah. yeah, that was a while ago. Like, um, man, so you're you're almost you're almost an OG critter. Almost, almost. I wish I wish I could say I was there from the beginning, but my friend was telling me about it because uh, we had this small irregularly meeting D and D group uh, with my high school buddies, and he said that. I I would would always talk about how I was unsure of what to do as a dungeon master because that was my role, my assigned role. And he says, oh, you should watch this thing, Critical Role. And I was like, nah, that sounds stupid. I don't want to do that. And I should have listened to him. Oh, so like he he was introducing you to it even sooner than when you started. Correct. Correct. I mean, like, he has a really good point. I feel like I, just just about with anything, watching someone else do it and watching other people do it, you learn a lot, like a lot. For sure. So For sure. And just being, especially with these uh, live play TTRPG shows like Dimension 20 and mm-hmm. Critical Role, and then there's one called Dungeon Daddies. You can't, <laughs> that one's just podcast only, but. Yeah. Like it, they're so immersive. It's hard not to see and get involved in the story. Mm-hmm. Um, that 
you can never replicate what they do, but you can emulate it very easily because you were there. Yeah, absolutely. Just lived it just like the players did. So, yeah. And like we might, this is just the very beginning, but you know, it's opening all the cans of worms. We might end up talking about this, but like I've, I've always felt like the, this tabletop gaming and role playing is very much like a, a group of people telling a story with some version of of structure and chaos to it and uh if you're watching or participating you're gonna get sucked in to that story absolutely absolutely yeah and like i think for me that has always been like the biggest draw is that you can collectively create this whole this whole adventure this whole world uh and and I've I've always really liked that storytelling aspect of it. But um yeah, the the different shows, the different podcasts, some of them are super funny, some of them are really serious. Um, but you can learn a lot how to play and how to um be a game master just from just from listening to them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The other thing I've noticed is just when you watch TV or you watch a TV show, you're watching the world that the show exists in yeah. and it's there. But when you listen to or watch these live play games, the world is building around you. And so you're not as impacted by the story as the actual players, but you're watching the world unfold just as they are. And it's way more immersive than your standard TV show. I, yeah, I really feel that. Like, I really feel that. I've, um, I mean, I, I watch a lot of different shows. I've watched a lot of different movies. I've been to like plays and musicals and read books and that type of thing. But yeah, like something about these tabletop games, it, cause it's all in your imagination, you know, it's all in your head. And the story is actively unfolding day after day, session after session. You're kind of going through the journey with the players uh and it makes it it can make it a very rich story experience um absolutely it's so cool like and this is a game like this is a game (laughs) this is just a bunch of people like sitting around a table rolling dice and eating snacks and telling goofy stories but my gosh like it can be powerful it can be very powerful absolutely this is great. I'm just, I'm really glad we're having this topic together because I feel like we're just going to get deeper and deeper. It's really good. Um, I'm going to roll the dice next and see, we'll see what else we get to talk about. Uh, wow. That was a three. We're doing so good. Um, okay. So my question is, have you introduced others to Dungeons and Dragons? How did it go? What did you do? Etc. Um, Yes, I have. Um, since I caught the the bug, <laughs> the virus, um, um, I've definitely introduced other people to uh tabletop gaming as well. Um, I feel like my first, well, I guess my my like first attempt was like with our original game. Uh, Cameron and I play in a campaign together, and he's the he's the dungeon master. Um. And uh, early on, I invited uh, one of our other mutual friends, uh, Michael, to join us. Um, I mostly just was like, hey, it's COVID. Nothing's happening. We're all sad and trapped in our houses. Do you want to play this game with us? And he was like, sure. I've never done this before. And I was like, me neither. <laughs> um, so uh I don't feel like I did a super great job introducing him because I was so new to the game myself. But at the same time, I feel like my attempt was also really genuine and he played with us for quite a while. Uh, Well, the other thing is everybody in that group was relatively new. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And that was, it was a really safe group for him to join. He really, really struggled with the rules and keeping track of what he could and couldn't do at, any point in time or at one point in time rather but (laughs) yeah like but really 
it was just a few months before that, that you guys were all in that exact same spot. And so you guys were all able to help him remember, okay, I can do this now, but oh, wait, I already did this this turn. So I have to wait until next turn to do that and just kind of help keep him track and really just allow him to learn in a safe environment where, and by safe, I mean like judgment-free environment. Yeah. Yeah, um, just kind of figure out what he wanted to be. And it took a while for him to really develop his character. But you know, you and I have talked about this. There was one time where all of a sudden he just starts role playing because up until that point, he'd been just a character there who would punch things really yeah. hard, really fast. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he wanted to talk to one of the NPCs about being an orphan, which he just decided was his character's backstory in that yeah. moment. Just out of the blue. Like, cool. Roll with it. Move on. Like go with it. Yeah. And like that was that was a cool moment seeing him develop. And then but I got the opportunity to see all of you guys yeah. do that one by one at different points as you became more comfortable but then all of you got to see him do that as well yeah i like since since introducing him to the game i've introduced more more people um and some attempts like with my family have gone better than others but i i feel like the best part is when you have you gained a little bit of experience you kind of know what's going on and you can watch someone else go through that same little journey of like figuring out just like the crunchy rules you know mm -hmm. like this is how my character sheet works this is how this because there's a lot of rules and it can be really intimidating when you first start uh so there's kind of a growth like a learning curve with that and then then you kind of figure out like oh this is this is just the the basic rules. This is how to play. And you start playing with those rules a little bit. You start like yeah. envelope a little bit and you start to realize like, oh, this is a dynamic world that I can add to, that I can do stuff in, that I can act and react to. And you start playing with that and kind of coming out of that, um, coming out of your shell a little bit. Uh, mm -hmm. It's like- everybody it's it's and it was different for us because we started when we started playing we were remote playing because mm -hmm. of how COVID did everything and I've played now with other groups in person and so I've been able to experience like both but when I played in person I had already gotten over the like natural inhibition that you kind of have to to role playing like, yeah role playing's weird like if you think about it it's really weird and like I, I still remember like our first few sessions, like you'd be like, oh, do you want to go talk to this person? And Katie was like, hard no, like, no, I, I don't want to talk to this person. I don't know how to like, what, what, how do I interact with this world? Like it was awkward and weird. And now it's one of my absolute favorite things. Like, it's so great. It's, it's so great. But there's a, there's a big learning curve because you kind of have this like shyness and that type of thing. At least that's how it was for me. And you feel like weird about it. And yeah, I loved watching Michael go through that same little journey that we went through and seeing like subsequent, like other friends go through that and like some figure it out, like real fast. Like they get yeah. it immediately. They're like, Oh, Oh, I can, I could climb this tree. I could jump off this cliff. I could like set stuff on fire. Like, Ooh, cool. You know, and other people, it takes a while to just kind of like figure it out. But uh, I love watching people figure out how fun this can be because the only thing that really limits you is is the rules, but like your imagination within those rules. Yeah, and I was going to say exactly that. You're only limited by your imagination and then whatever the dungeon master is willing to, whatever types of shenanigans the dungeon master will allow at that moment. Yeah, exactly. And like, it's, there's, like, you know, we talked about, like, there's a learning curve to it. Like, there's a learning curve of realizing that you can try anything, but then also realizing, like, <laughs> when to try things, when not to try things, you know, and, and yes. play the game so that it's fun for everybody. Um, But, yeah, that that would be, Michael was definitely the first person that I introduced it to. 
Um, but yeah, I've since like played with my family. Um, and I now have a group going, uh, uh, of coworkers. Some have played before, some had never played and this was their like first time. Uh, and it's, it's cool. It's cool. It's really fun. Um, seeing people grow addicted to table. Yes. It's really fun. It's really fun. Did you have anything else to add to that? I'm kind of curious of on your side because you introduced me to Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, I feel like I've introduced everybody. And no. that, I mean, that's not really the case, but the majority of the people I have ever played with, I feel like I've introduced between my family, the group we play with here, you know, except for Son and Jocelyn and uh, Michelle, like yeah. everyone um, at one point or another. And it's just kind of been some of them, you know, we didn't start with the right group. And so that group fell apart. And then now we got a better one. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, everyone kind of goes through the same steps and progression. Like, okay, I have no idea what all these numbers mean. What, where, when, how, why, how. And then once they understand their character, then they're like, oh, my character exists in this world, but my character exists within me. And so I exist within this world that is being developed around me. And then I always say that D and D and I haven't played any other tabletop games, but I imagine they're similar, but it's a cooperative storytelling game. It's not just the dungeon master telling you what's happening to your characters. It's you telling the dungeon master, what your how your character interacts with the world he's created, he or she's created. Yeah. I love that. I love that explanation because like it it could Dungeons and Dragons, tabletop RPGs, like they can be so many different things, but really like at their core, like what are we doing? We are we are creatively telling a story with multiple people. Right. Uh, and like there are rules to make it work and to make it make sense and the game master is there to kind of guide you through those rules and to help you know when they apply and how they apply but like ultimately it it is you the players interacting with this system this world this universe whatever it is that you're that you're in and that can be anything and it's really cool i agree that's what draws me to it the watching the world develop and an active role in it yeah yeah it could go so many different directions it can be funny and goofy it can be uh like really scary it could be it can be so many so many different things and yeah i i i'm very drawn by that too if you can (laughs) well and not only can it be a whole bunch of different ways just like real life it changes yeah whoops i just dropped my die on my desk it was very loud um (laughs) (laughs) just like in real life moments of your story are going to be scary moments of them are going to be joyful and so it emulates real life but you get to interact it with it in ways that maybe you're not comfortable with in real life like the your character can do things that you can't both physically mentally emotionally spiritually what have you yeah and it gives you an opportunity to do these things that you can't actually do or you can't allow yourself to do yeah maybe you haven't tried maybe like that's too much for you like whatever it is but yeah, or maybe it's not possible, right? Like magic's not really like a thing. Well, okay. Katie feels, <laughs> Katie feels like science is pretty magical, but like that's a little different than like, ooh, I'm going to like cast levitate and make my friends float, you know? Like that's a little different. Maybe you can't do that in real life, but that's a thing that you can try and that you can explore in this world. It's almost like a like a safety net, right? Like mm-hmm. you can, do things you can try things that were either too scary or too hard or basically impossible 
or intimidating or what have you in uh, a, a safe place where, okay, maybe consequences happen, right? And, and, and bad stuff happens to your character, but it allows you to then play with that and experiment with that and see what that's like for that character without it necessarily being like, you burnt down a town. Okay. You're going to go to jail now, like in real life. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 The consequences are vast, are greatly reduced for doing yeah stuff in tabletop games it's like that same thing for good things right for for whatever you do and however you create this story it's it's like it's a sandbox it's a sandbox for us to like play and explore um different ways of life different mindsets um different kinds of people different ways of looking at the world and reacting to the world it's very interesting anyway as as per usual on this podcast, we kind of go all over the place. But you want to you want to roll the dice again and see what other questions we get? Absolutely. We have an 18. 18 oh, that's much better than our other rolls. I know. I try to make sure like. <laughs> They're well distributed. Yeah. Since this is a D&D podcast, for those of you who don't know, the 20 sided dice is kind of your like dice that you use to determine like did you do the thing well or did you not and if you roll low you don't do as good and if you roll high you do better uh with the way i've done my questions i try to make sure that it's a good distribution throughout i usually try to make sure like like 20 is going to be really good and one is going to be like ooh, like really cringy but 18 <laughs> 18 is great um ooh, okay and this relates to kind of what we were talking about the question is uh are you in this game for the role playing for the combat for the xp like what what is your biggest motivator whether you're a, a player or a dm etc etc oh i'm just in it for the real life friends Aww. like i don't care what it is <laughs> <laughs> like we we kind of talked about it but yeah. Like our group, I set up our group. I invited some people I knew back when COVID was hitting hard. Yeah. Like, well, it was rough. I, I went away for spring break, third year of school, and never went back. Like, just never yeah. went back. And that was hard because where I was living, I was living alone with a bunch of animals, literally animals that would scream <laughs> at me every time I walked out my door. There was even some animals that weren't invited. There were some mice. There there were some adventures with mice. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, like I <laughs> I fo I found people to play DD with me because I needed friends. I needed people to Aww. talk to, to interact with. And believe it or not, we play almost every single week. And it's because that's my human interaction. That's not related to my job. That's not related to something stupid that I don't want to do. This is my, not benefit. Um, this is my this is your, reward. Like, this is my reward to myself for putting up with whatever crap I had to deal with that week. I get to go and play Dungeons and Dragons with my friends. So yeah. it, all of that is great. The combat min-maxing, character creation, world-building, role-playing. It's all great, but I don't care about any of that. Like, oh. that's just the vehicle that allows me to get what I'm really there for. Time with my friends. So, so. What, what you're saying, Cameron, is that the real treasure was the friends you made along the way. Yes. <laughs> that's exactly what I'm saying. Oh, that's great. That's really great. But honestly, it makes for a really, really good point. Um, I, I've always, I've always loved games. I've always loved storytelling and I am very much a people person. Um, and so I've always liked having large groups of, of friends to like hang out with, go do stuff with. Um, and I, I, since being introduced to Dungeons and Dragons, um, I've, I have more friends now that I would consider like very close friends um, than I've had at one time in my life. 
uh, which is super weird to think about. I feel like as a working adult, <laughs> you know, just like a normal person, adult, like doing your adult things, going through your adult life. Um, I feel like your, your friend group tends to be like, once you reach that stage, it's either like, okay, it's, it's you, it's maybe your significant other, maybe their family, uh, maybe a few people at work. If you get along with your people at work and then like a few people that have stuck with you since like school and that's kind of it. And they're all kind of their own little, little groups. They don't all blob together. Uh, this it's so crazy, but like this game, has given me large, uh, very connected friend groups that I never would have connected with otherwise, right? Right. And, and wouldn't have stayed connected with otherwise. Um, I think something about uh, our group specifically is that we've always played remotely um, because of like kind of how it happened with with COVID initially. And then like we, we started when we were both still in school. Um, and most of the people that were in the group were also in school. And now some of us are gadgeted <laughs> and working and we live in different States, you know, right. Every now and then we'll get together and play in person, which is super fun. But like, like you said, we still play every single week, just about. Um, yeah. which is very rare for all you people who are listening, who are like, what is this podcast even about? Like, it's super rare for a D&D group or any tabletop RPG group to consistently play basically every week for multiple months and or years. Like, that's super rare. Um, and I'm really grateful for it. Like, yeah. 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 Well, and I think part of the reason we're able to play so regularly is the way we set it up. We don't yeah. have to meet together. We probably yeah. couldn't meet together when we started. So we had to figure out a way where we could play across multiple states. We could play from multiple houses. We could play from multiple areas of quarantine, what have you. And with that, it's meant, it's meant we've been able to, as people, you know, move on or lose interest or, run out of time or for whatever reason they have to leave the group it's really easy to bring in new people to kind of keep the group going strong we also like and don't get me wrong we when katie and i say that we meet almost every week not everyone meets every week oh like, yeah <laughs> yeah it, it's it's very much a drop in drop out if you can come come if you can't don't type of a thing we set it up that way on purpose because when we started several of us were going through school and our hours were stupid and you just couldn't guarantee that you were going to be available yeah um and i wanted to make sure that everyone felt like they could just come in and out whenever they were available and so I made sure to stress that at the beginning that if you can't come, that's fine. We'll figure something out. Your character's sleeping this session. You know, we always make jokes about how they're there, but they're zoned out. They're, they're not non-responsive type of a thing. Exactly. And so your character's there, but just not really. Uh -huh. <laughs> and a lot of the time, you miss one, two, three sessions in a row, and boom, you're right back in. You get a quick revive, uh, review of where we're at, and you just keep on trucking. You keep on, keep on, keeping on, and yeah. like that's that's kind of how we've set it up with our our group. Um, that was kind of a, a a dynamic that we established early on, and it was flexible enough that we've kind of played with it since then, and it made it very very doable to be a long sustained um game and group of friends um and like everybody's group is gonna do something different and find that something different works for them but that has worked super well like super well for us um and yeah it's meant that we've been able to have that flexibility because we are all adults <laughs> supposedly and uh have adult schedules and sometimes you can't join for a while 
And then other times you can be really consistent. Um, and I think that that has, for me at least, helped to make this game less intimidating because I feel like there's there's two things that are kind of intimidating with tabletop role-playing games where one, it's there's there's there is a lot of rules and a lot of things to learn. So that in and of itself can be really intimidating for a new player. And then there's the understanding of this is not a a quick card game that you're going to play like once in a while. This is not a like, oh, game of Monopoly or whatever. Like this is kind it's kind of a heck of a commitment if you're committing to like a whole story. You know, if it's like a one shot, then it's it's a one shot, supposedly. Uh, Maybe it's a two shot. Right. But like the idea of having to like commit to it almost like you're committing to like a second job or whatever can be really mm-hmm. like off-putting um and can make it hard for for people to consistently play um right. but for ours one like it's just so fun that i want to be here and like two i know if i can't or if i have something else come up then it's fine right you'll catch us the next time exactly Exactly. Um, yeah. yeah. So yeah, that, that question kind of went out into the weeds, but it was such a good, <laughs> it's such a good time. I was, like, I was not expecting you to say that, but honestly, I should have been. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I've only been joking about it all the time. You Literally, know, yeah. I'm, I, I keep trying to get you guys to accept that there's not a reward for this big quest because it's just the friends you made along the way. Oh None God. of you like that. You won't get mad at me. And then I then <laughs> I reveal to you the real reward, but it doesn't stop me from saying it. Yeah. We just so so guys, this this campaign that we've been playing, we've been playing since COVID. It's now been uh three years, almost four by next spring. Yeah. And uh, we we had a huge fight with a big bad evil guy, you know, and uh, uh, usually there's like treasure or whatever, and we were looking for it, and he was joking the whole time, like, "Well, it's the friends you made along the way." <laughs> yeah, why do you need material rewards? Like, isn't the fact that you and your friends are all alive good enough? No, it was not. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. And I still feel that like in my soul as a player, I definitely feel that. <laughs> but I get like, I agree. I agree with everything that Cameron said about the friendships and everything. Like it has, especially like I'm, I am a very social person um, and very much care about having those connections with people. I've loved how many doors this has opened and how many people I now get to interact with and connect with on a regular basis. And that I can share this addiction with everybody i just want everybody to know about it it's so great (laughs) the first hit's free but you gotta pay for all the others all the other ones yeah yeah but to answer my own question am i in it for the role play the combat the xp the character creation i feel like when it comes to like the game itself i i really like role playing like i've noticed that what really you've noticed yeah. That? <laughs> yeah yeah your characters are not great at fighting what? no <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, just not and that's fine that's fine there's more to the game than fighting but they are not good at fighting they are not built to fight well part of that is our our group dynamic and kind of how we <laughs> made our group um Part of that is also my 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 class choice is not really a heavy combat class, um, but uh, I I do like combat. I like the the crunchiness. I love rolling the dice and like seeing the big numbers and like that's really fun. Um, but if I had to pick one versus the other, it would definitely be like role playing because uh, of the story, because the storytelling aspect of it. Yeah, it does advance the story. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. It, it, yeah. There's way more interaction with the world around you when you're role playing than when you're in combat. Mm-hmm. And they're both great. Like I, I like having both. Um, I wouldn't know what to do with myself if I had a game where I didn't have really any combat because then what do I get these cool stats for? 
<laughs> yeah, you can only use so many of them in role-playing situations. Like, oh, I'm going to flex my muscles really hard so I can use my high strength score. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which like, okay, like you can make that work and stuff, but like, you know, what do you get the treasure for? What do you get the cool magic weapon for? What do you get the cool- How do you slay the dragon if you don't fight it? Yeah. How do you, how do you do the adventure thing if you don't fight stuff? So like, I do really like combat because then you can use all those crunchy stats and be like, Ooh, dice. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's the answer for me, but also ditto to everything. <laughs> yeah. 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 Once someone puts that answer out, you sound like a jerk if you don't agree with them. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, you kind of have to like having friends <laughs> in Dungeons and Dragons. Like, if you don't like having friends, why are you playing this game? Like, <laughs> Well, yeah, like, it's a cooperative storytelling game. And if there's no cooperation... Oh, it's not fun. There's no Dungeons and Dragons. No, it's not a good time anymore. No. Great. No. All right, well, I think we have probably time for one more question. If you're good with that, I will roll this dice and see if I can get out of the single digit numbers. That was a six. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. So the answer is no, um, but it's not a one. Um, so this question with uh, Stranger Things, podcasts, YouTubers, the new D&D movie, uh, Dungeons and Dragons and tabletop role-playing has started to become more mainstream. Uh, what are your feelings about this for the game uh, in general? Um, I, I'm kind of curious about your feelings about this more than mine, because I, I didn't really get introduced to this whole world uh, until it was already starting to become more and more popular um, and more and more commonplace that so people know what this game is and how it works and stuff. Um, but I think it's great because I'm a fan and I just want everybody to like it because it's so fun. And uh, I love seeing the different um, different stories that other people make with like their games. So, or seeing how it's integrated into like pop culture, like in Stranger Things and stuff. Like that's so fun. Like that's such a fun thing for me to see. Uh, I thought the Dungeons and Dragons movie was hilarious um and i just i just want more i just want more of it like i'm not sad that this is becoming more popular i'm i'm over the moon like it's fun everybody should play this game yeah no i was gonna say the same thing like how do i feel about it becoming more mainstream and more popular fantastic <laughs> like why why would i feel any other way oh no no one else can play this game it's only my no everybody should play this game yeah. I remember because I started playing back in eighth grade and at the time my parents were very against it because they grew up in the 80s when Dungeons and Dragons was a satanic worship cult. Yeah. Whatever. And I remember in order to play, well, not in order to play, my school had a after school role playing games club. Um, oh, cool. where we really just played D and D, but I couldn't tell my parents that I had to tell them it was a role-playing games club. Yeah. And so, because if I were to play D and D, I would not be allowed. But role-playing game, it sounds, that sounds very vanilla, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That your parents have, because that was very much the stereotype of Dungeons and Dragons for such a long time. Was that like, it was this weird cult. <laughs> Right. Right. And if you've ever if you've seen Stranger Things, especially the fourth season, they talk about yeah. that the Hellfire Gaming Club, which is run by Eddie, um, the character in there, and then his and then the main characters kind of join. They can they blame them for all the bad things that happens in the town of Hawkins, Indiana. Mm -hmm. And just it really kind of highlights and plays back into the whole mass hysteria people had about Dungeons and Dragons because, and it all comes back to, you could fight devils, you could mm -hmm. fight demons, and you could play a God-worshipping uh, 
cleric or paladin that was able to use the god's power and people just lost their mind at all of that yeah that's the world my parents grew up in so I had to kind of keep it all a secret from them wow and then just kind of fell out of it um until I got into college Mm -hmm. uh or late high school really and then we would play in secret downstairs in my room with a different group of friends but now that has become more popular and not and we're hearing good stories come out of it and people are realizing that oh just because there are devils and demons and it doesn't mean my my child is worshiping devils and demons in fact most of the time they're fighting these devils and demons yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah they're usually the bad guys not always but they're usually the bad guys um it's it's really interesting to see how accepted it is this time around when it was so outlawed and ostracized anyone involved with it oh yeah uh, when it first came around, like I even got my mom to willing, not not willingly. <laughs> Pick those words uh, carefully. <laughs> yeah. No, it's during some of our games, I would play at home because I'd be home visiting and she would just come and sit in the room and listen to it. Yeah. Like she knew I was playing Dungeons and Dragons. And when I first told her that's what I was going to do, I was worried she was going to get upset about it. But then I realized, wait, I'm an adult now and I don't actually care. So I just told her what I was doing. And several sessions in, she just started listening because she could see how this game was creating a positive influence in my life and interacting with my friends. Um, I got two of my siblings to join with us and they play with us regularly. Um and I even won Christmas when I went back because uh, they live in a different state than me right now. And so I went back for Christmas one year and I asked my siblings if, hey, you guys think it'd be fun if we played Dungeons and Dragons one time while I'm down there? And yeah. And then I, we actually invited both my parents. My dad said, no way. He, <laughs> he, he says, no, nah, uh, I'm not doing that. Um, but my mom says, absolutely, I want to play. Aww. It was just. I, re- I remember we played like this Harry Potter based one shot. Yeah. I was like, okay, so what you got to do is you got to tell everybody what your character looks like. And you got to say why they came to study at this. I think I called it the hogwash Academy of magic or something. I don't remember. Um, yeah. And she, go- she talked about how she, her character talked about, excuse me, how she came to this school because it seemed fun and she wanted to try something new. And that was the moment where I realized that my mom was, that wasn't my care, my mom's character speaking. Like that was my mom telling everybody at the table why she agreed to play because she saw how much the rest of us enjoyed it. And she wanted to try something new. And honestly, she had a blast. I think she ended up eating, eating, excuse me, (laughs) uh, defeating the bad guy, uh, who was some Professor Quirrell lookalike thing. Uh, Yeah. Um, And like ending the game. And at the end, like she had to stop several times to make dinner or whatever. And, but we were playing in the kitchen anyway. So she was a part of it. She was just listening from the other side of the room. I remember she was like, wait, so we did it. There's no more. And I said, yeah, there's no more. Like what more would we do? And I just remember seeing her face and she's, she wanted there to be more. She wanted another quest. Yes. But we'd already been playing for four hours and like we had things to do. We couldn't just sit and play Dungeons and Dragons all day. (laughs) No. As much as we all actually want to do that, uh, we can't, can't. Yeah. So, I mean, that was a long way to say that I'm really, really grateful that it's becoming more mainstream and more accepted in modern society because then I don't have to keep it a secret from people. Like (laughs) I can own it and I don't have people around me aren't going to make me feel bad for doing something that I really enjoy. Exactly. And like 
that to me is one of like the biggest things with this game because like when you really understand what it is and you really understand how good it is for you a human to play this game how good it is for you with uh like psychologically emotionally in your relationships and just how fun it is like my gosh yes everybody should know about this game everybody should try to play this game and like maybe it's not going to be your cup of tea and that's fine that's totally fine but everybody should give it a try because it's so fun it's so good like yeah I uh I love that you brought up that your parents were like you had to hide it from them like I feel like that's so many people's story and because like I didn't grow up playing Dungeons and Dragons or role-playing or that type of thing um but uh I I have very uh conservative parents like to the point that like when when Harry Potter was first coming out when the books were first coming out we weren't allowed to read them for a while because they were probably satanic you know like that's yeah, yeah, yeah. that's very much the family that I came from and then my mom bless her I love her she read them and realized that they weren't satanic and was like, yeah, no, you can read these. <laughs> but like, thank goodness. And I, I too have tried introducing my family to Dungeons and Dragons um, and with varying success. And that's OK. Um, but uh, my dad has not really liked that I've been into this game. And he tried to tell me this story as like a cautionary tale. Uh, and it cracks me up. So. Um, he had a roommate in college who had a group of friends that all played Dungeons and Dragons. And like my dad is older than the hills. So this was a long time ago. Um, and uh, they were all into Dungeons and Dragons except him. And uh, he would see them play like once a week or so. And he told me about how like his his roommate and his friends were just like so into this game like it's all they wanted to talk about it's all they wanted to do they were just like so excited by this game and he was telling me this because he was like isn't isn't that terrible like all they wanted to do was spend time with their friends playing this game like oh wasn't that awful and it just the it worst makes, how dare they yeah it just makes me laugh because like no <laughs> no what a great thing to have you know I'm sorry that you were excluded for whatever reason maybe because you were being judgmental but like and that's on your friends you know it's also kind of on you but like no what a great thing that they had and what a great thing that that we have uh I don't want anybody to be excluded from it because they're worried that they're going to be so invested in it that they're going to want to play it more like oh darn uh, oh no we really like this thing <laughs> yeah it just makes me laugh because like you think about like well what about what about football that's right. a game you know that's why a is game. this different than any other hobby out there yeah that's it that's a game that people can become so invested in that's all they want to talk about they can make it their career they can do great things they can be a great influence in other people's lives they can get lots of concussions, just like all, all the all the great things, right? You can play it as a little kid. You can play it in high school. And nobody really bats an eye at it if it's like, oh, if it's if it's football or basketball or maybe you run track or something. But all of a sudden, it's weird when it's like a, a, a game like Dungeons and Dragons or maybe it's a fandom that you really like, like Star Wars or uh, you're really into anime or whatever it is. But like, I don't think anybody should ever be ashamed of something that they really enjoy that brings them happiness that they want to share with other people. You know? Yeah. But yeah. Like, why is it different than football? Because you don't go outside. Well, how play many ball. people actually play football now? And yeah. how many people who are really into football sit on the couch and scope out their fantasy football team? Like, why is this different than that? Yeah. They're they're playing football in their imagination through their fantasy football characters that mm -hmm. they 
with their friends in order to accomplish some goal. Like, how is this any different? Yeah, I don't really see it as different, but for whatever reason, you know, one is one is mainstream and acceptable and the other one isn't. And this isn't, I don't use that example to like hate on football. I also enjoy watching football games. Uh, I do not want to play. I am small. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I have a fun time watching sports and stuff too. But I think it's a really good parallel to help people who are outside of one one world and the other world understand each other better. Because both of us are passionate about this thing that we enjoy both of us want to share it. Both of us use it as a way to connect with people, to relieve stress, and to have fun together. And just because we do it in different ways doesn't make one better than the other or one bad and the other one good. Like, they're really not that different. No. Yeah. But yeah, I just, I thought that was the funniest thing ever when my dad was telling me that story to try to spook me away from playing Dungeons and Dragons because the whole time I'm just thinking like great like your roommate made friends like good for him (laughs) well and consistent friends that he did stuff with yeah and it's that he looked forward to doing things with and guess what probably wasn't out doing drugs and alcohol doing things with negative impacts on their life like oh no he missed he spent a couple hours a week where he didn't go out and play football or yeah. he didn't go out and talk to new people. Like what, what was he missing out on really? Honestly. Yeah. Like what, what are we missing out on when we, when we play <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I love it for all the reasons that we've, we've talked about. I, I love it. And like I've said, um, like our group, I've stayed connected with those people because of it. The other groups that I've like come and gone into, I've connected with. I have my my group of coworkers that I play with now too. Like it's it's so good. It's so good for me. And like I've seen it benefit other people too. And I just want that for for everybody. For them to find the friendship treasure at the end of the adventure. <laughs> Um, dang, we, I feel like we could talk about Dungeons and Dragons, obviously, for a very long time. Uh, and maybe we'll have to do like another episode where we share goofy stories from, from our game. But, uh, this is all, oh, I know it would be so good. (laughs) There would be so many, uh, but this is all we have time for today, but we will talk at you later, guys. Bye. Bye.